it really led me down a path of some high anxiety and depression just because I was like, I, I don't want to leave campus outreach, but at the same time, I feel like God's given me an idea that I just cannot get out of my mind. Like it, like I would go to bed thinking about it, I wake up thinking about it. Um, but the only person I felt like I could tell was my wife. Awesome Inc. presents the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame, a show that highlights how people throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky pursue their definition of awesome through entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Well, hey there. Today, we're going to be sitting down and chatting with Austin Willard, who is the founder of The Faithful Platform. In his life and work, he focuses on building new relationships and stewarding what God has given to him. He is constantly exploring new opportunities for growth in both the jewelry and wedding industry, helping couples share their love stories together. And outside of work, he enjoys spending time with his wife and daughter, playing golf and fishing the day away. As a former staff of the college ministry campus outreach, he is just as involved in his local church here in Lexington, Tate's Creek Presbyterian Church. Austin, why don't you go ahead and just give us a quick intro about yourself. What is the story behind uh, both yourself and then we'll kind of start talking about your company. Uh, you know, so how did you end up in Kentucky and then what maybe first got you into being an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me. Uh, never really done a podcast before, but well, hey, uh, I'm glad we can share this I one mean, together. You're, you're, you're the first, so here we go. Why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit of your story? How did you end up in Kentucky? Were you raised here? Things like that. And then what maybe got you into being an entrepreneur in the first place? Yeah. So, uh, grew up in Shelby County. Um, not too far from here, ended up going to Georgetown College, graduated in communication, minored in business. Um, and that was like not the, the route I was planning on doing, but it was me just trying to get out of school. Yeah. So, so what was actually the route you thought you'd want to do? I thought I was going to do business and I, I just flipped them. I was okay. like, man, I'm just trying to get out of, get out of college and um, get a degree and, and move on. School was not for me, so I'm not one of those uh, brainiac guys or anything like that. But I got involved with a college ministry called Campus Outreach, and Campus Outreach uh, really just um, the the vision and values and and those types of things uh, really poured into my life. And so right out of college, I um, went on staff with Campus Outreach, moved to Lexington, and it really worked in the resource area, helping our staff that were on campuses in um, at EKU, UK, Georgetown Center, yep. uh, those schools. Um, and kind of over time began to learn that, man, my wiring was more geared towards building and creating um, like I, I like to just push the envelope on things and build and create things. And it really didn't matter what it was, but that was when I was at my best. That's when I was flourishing. And so, um, over time, 
those were the things that kind of drew me in. So yeah, hundred percent. I get that. Yeah. It sounds like you're more of a big idea guy, and some yeah. of the mundane stuff daily doesn't doesn't keep you interested. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And then were you so you were you involved with campus outreach while you were at Georgetown? I was involved with campus outreach while I was at Georgetown. Uh, a guy named Casey Willis um, really just mentored me, poured his life into me, um, showed me what it looked like to walk with God, and uh, um, showed me just my need for community and and uh, really just helped me walk with God. Yeah, so, no, hey, I love that. Was yeah. do you think mentorship with Casey was one thing that? Uh, helped you start becoming an entrepreneur in terms of seeing like the, the need for a one-on-one investment? Yeah, I, I think it kind of laid um, some groundwork for me as as a person and really helped me uh, create a lens, a perspective in which I look through today um, as, I, as I do business. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it in a minute, but the faithful platform, the, this company, I, w- I would say it's not mine. It's God's. God owns it. And that really has freed me up to to run as fast as I can and not put all the pressure on myself to to achieve all these big, big, big things. Um, it, and, and because of that, it's really helped me to actually achieve big things. So no, I, I love hearing that. That's cool. So what uh what actually started you to want to be an entrepreneur? What was maybe one of the first things you did that helped you connect the dots? You know, like, hey, actually, this is something I could see myself pursuing long term. Really, I just had an idea when I was in college. I had a guy, a buddy named Blake, and he was just graduated. I'd introduced him to his now wife, and he was like, "Man, I I need to figure out where to where to get an engagement ring." And I had family in the in that industry. My grandparents owned a store growing up, and I've got two aunts that own jewelry stores. One's in Shelbyville, and one's in New Albany, Indiana. And then my cousin owned uh, the two Pandora stores, um, one here in the Fayette Mall and then one at the mall in Louisville. And so I had been around that industry a little bit because of my family, and I was like, I can just – let me just bring you to my aunt, and and they'll get yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll give you a good deal, okay, like and Keep and with family, that's nice. Yeah, and so that happened back in 2000, 2008, 2009. Okay. and that's kind of when a light bulb kind of went off in my head, but wasn't I wasn't really gonna go down that path. I I was fully invested with campus outreach and. I uh, loved the vision of what they were doing. And um, over time, uh, I started seeing more guys graduate, get engaged, go to these retail stores, um, pay these crazy prices, uh, typically 30, 40% more than what they should have paid. And I was like, I, I think I can help guys. I think I can really help um save them money and get them exactly what they want and so that's that's kind of how that's kind of how the idea started coming about yeah just your friends in college i love that yep. so again so real quickly you pre- pretty much just said it but can you uh, maybe say it in a different way if you were talking to maybe a potential investor or maybe even a potential client what would you say your company is what's the story behind it 
And then maybe how did you come about meeting some of the guys that you currently work with? Luckily, I haven't had to have any investors. Sweet. Um, which has been awesome because, I, I, I mean, we just started small and um, I don't hold any inventory or anything like that. So I haven't had a need to raise a big bunch of capital. Um, I would almost consider myself a broker more than more than a, a jeweler. Yeah, so my my uncle had been diagnosed with cancer, and over the holidays and stuff like that, I started asking him more questions and and really learning more about the the jewelry industry, um, and finding out that there was a significant amount of sleaziness in the industry. There, uh, some of the clients that they were receiving into their store were coming to them, showing them what they had bought at another store and what they had bought or what they had thought they had bought wasn't really what they had bought. And so that kind of piqued my interest a little bit and knowing being involved with Campus Outreach, seeing these guys graduate, get engaged, going to these stores, paying crazy prices. Um, man, I, I was like, I've got a network of people that I could utilize um, in the jewelry industry and a network of people in college ministry, I could bring them together. And so I started talking to my wife about it. And, uh, this is about seven years into campus outreach, which, um, I would consider a big part of my friend group and family group. And so me and my wife started talking about it and I, a lot of anxiety started building up. It's like, I've got this great idea, but I don't even know how to tell anybody about yeah. it because there's all these strings attached. Um, how do I even get, how do I even start this? How do I, who do I go to? Who do I share with? Um, and it really led me down a path of some high anxiety and depression just because I was like, I, I don't want to leave campus outreach, but at the same time, I feel like God's given me an idea that I just cannot get out of my mind. Like it, like I would go to bed thinking about it, I wake up thinking about it. Um, but the only person I felt like I could tell was my wife. And so by God's grace and mercy, um, my boss with Campus Outreach uh, knew I was struggling, but didn't know what it was coming from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I talked to a guy from our church, share sharing my idea with him. He was the first person that outside of my wife that I shared with. And he's a big financial investor and um, someone I, I respect. And he just championed it. And I was like, Man, okay, I'm going to do it, you know. And, uh, and so that kind of got me over the hump there and, I started to, I, sh I, I, I shared with some of the leadership within Campus Outreach what I was thinking, and they all were excited about it um, and championed it as well, which was another affirmation. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, and so really for the next three, four months, I started trying to figure out how to, how to do it. Like, how, how am I going to go about um, bringing these two worlds together and, uh, what came from it was the faithful platform, um, 
trying to figure out how to do a website, how to set up my payments, how to set up where where am I going to get my rings from and my and the center stones and um, how's all this thing going to come together? And so, really, that's been the journey I've been on for about four years now, and uh, have loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it. Yeah, that's super exciting, and I, I loved hearing what you said specifically, just because not many people will lead with, oh, I was super anxious and I was resting like almost internally. So one, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. And two, uh, I wanted to know, how did it feel when you started telling people about your idea? I mean, were you, were you afraid at first people would just be skeptical and then you, you saw otherwise, or what was that like for you on this journey? Yeah, I tell um, some of the guys I work with today um, that are kind of out sharing our brand and stuff in, in their areas, it took me six months to sell my first ring. And so <laughs> it took a while to, to, um, to get someone to actually buy into what I was doing. Um, but over time, I mean, the word of mouth has just spread, uh, um, client, my clients are my biggest advertisement because they're, they're out there they buy the ring, they they get engaged, and then guys ask them, where'd you get your ring from? And they Another say, the f- you need to go to this guy. I and love so, that. Um, that's so been, that's been a huge, huge blessing. Um, so really, we don't, I don't pay for any advertisement or anything like that. It's just, uh, just word of mouth just, from, your, from your favorite clients. Just word <laughs> of mouth. And um, we have these things that we've created called area owners and they're all over the country and they're they're kind of building their brand in their areas but all of our area owners have come through the faithful platform they're all clients so that's kind of a, a unique thing for us I that's think. cool so are area owners people that you employ that were once customers or what, what is that uh, area owners work as kind of um independent contractors okay uh and commission-based really just building the brain in their area. What we noticed was most of our clients were coming from Lexington and that's because I live here. Yeah. And so what if we created individuals in their areas, dripping the, dripping the brand, dripping the, um, story to their, to their peers. Um, there are people that are there around and over time, just like it happened here in Lexington, the word will get out and, and we'll keep growing. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so you said it took you six months to sell your first ring. Yeah, I don't even know if I answered your actual question. No, you're okay. I, actually, I didn't know what the initial question was, so we're not going to worry about that. But I want to know what it looks like uh, from the, the time that you know you were making your first sale to where you are today. Um, are you still the, the sole employee, or has your team grown? I think I know what your question was, and I kind of want to go back to it. Sure, let's go back to it. Uh, I think you're asking kind of how, how it from that kind of first six months, what, what took place. And I, I would say, um, there was a lot of things that had to happen, but, uh, I don't work with my, I don't work with any of my family members. Um, I actually bypass everything in the retail store and go yeah. straight to wholesale vendors. Oh, so you, you guys cut out the middleman. Yeah. Okay. Completely cut them out. Um, we don't have any of the, so this is kind of my pitch to clients. We don't sure. have any, we don't have any overhead. Um, we don't have inventory cost. 
uh, we don't have salespeople costs that are in the store that you have to pay regardless if they sell anything. We don't have your brick and mortar costs. We don't have your security costs. All the, I mean, the, the security of a jewelry store is probably just as high as a bank would have. Um, and so we don't, we don't have any of those, those costs, uh, advertising costs. I mean, you get on the radio during certain seasons and all you hear is ad after ad of a jewelry store trying to tell you yes. to come to their store. Um, we don't do any of that. Um, we save our clients money by cutting all those costs out um, and going straight to the wholesale vendor. Um, and we have wholesale vendors all over the world, Hong Kong, India, um, really everywhere. Uh, and so, and then we, we use about four or five different manufacturing companies that build the actual ring setting that are, that are here in the United States. And so that's kind of my pitch of how, how we are, um, more competitive, uh, in pricing than, than your jewelry store or even other online, uh, companies like, like Blue Nile. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, and so that it took me like i said about five six months to get my our first client um but then over time we were getting one a month and then two a month and three a month and, and slowly grown from there yeah yeah now we've now we're doing about 30 30 rings a month wow um in about four years so kind of we've doubled in size every year which was which is pretty cool. Yeah, congratulations. That's exciting to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so again, the, those first couple months, those five or six months span, that was just as you are getting your ducks in a row, did yeah. you realize like, yeah, we don't need this, we don't need this, and this is all just distractions from our business? Yeah, I mean, you're, I'm constantly evaluating what's working, what's not, what can we cut, what do, um, and so there's been times where we've added something. And it's like, ah, that didn't work. Let's just cut it. And yeah, or, or, like or we, or we'll do something and part of it works. So we'll keep part of it and then cut the rest. Um, and so we've kind of done that, uh, with several different things. We tried an internship with, uh, college students this past year and it was semi successful, but I don't think it was what we were really hoping it would do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you're constantly evaluating and trying to make it better and figuring out what's working, what's not working. Um, and so, yeah, no, yeah that's really cool. I mean, that's, that's part of life. That's part of being in business. You, you want to figure out what's working for you guys best. So yeah. in in terms of what's working, what are you currently working on now? I mean, obviously you guys have your business down where you're, you're customizing rings, you're bringing in clients. Is there anything specifically that you're trying to change it to see would this help us be you know more profitable or yeah. make our reach more public yeah um internally there's a few things that we're working on uh, i've got a guy that's helping me with um custom building a software that will help us i've tried that's one of the things i've tried like four or five different yeah. softwares <laughs> and none of them seem to really fit and so i've i've Almost every year I've had to change, change how we're doing it because there's so many details with, uh, with each client, um, everything from ring settings to what type gold they're going to, or what type metal they're going to have, or their ring size or, um, the center stone they're going to, I mean, there's so many details. And so having a, a software that can handle that, 
um, and track where our clients are in the process um, has been crucial. So we're working on that right now and hopefully that'll be finished in the next three months. But um, that will, I think that will free up uh, a, a lot of time, which is, which is crucial. And so we're doing that. And then um, I mentioned it earlier, but our area owners, that's something we just started this year. Um, primarily because we think that word of mouth is the best form of advertisement and our clients uh, clearly do that um, for us. And so we've got over a hundred Google reviews and they're all five stars and plenty of video testimonials on our website now. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're going with it. We're, we're branching out to these area owners and hopefully those will take off in their specific locations. I think, I think this year we've sold rings in over 25 States. So we've got a, we've got a, a broad, a broad, um, audience uh but not much depth in those areas and so that's kind of what we're trying to create with the area owners no i I love that and i think what's one thing that's really sweet is you guys have gone from being just a business to now you're telling stories and so yeah even when you said you guys have little video snippets uh actually i was on your website last week and i was looking through some of the people that have been your clients and like they're they're my friends from from uk or just from lexington so I think that that's pretty cool to see that you guys are helping people further their story of their relationship, which is super special. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks for sharing that. So um, actually, one thing I wanted to know that I totally should have asked earlier, where did the name come from? Why did you guys come up with the, the, the Faithful Platform? Yeah, um, I tried a bunch of different names. <laughs> what, what was the worst one that you came up with? I, honestly, I can't remember. That was like five years ago. Okay. I just remember there was a bunch I, I asked my wife about and she was like, nah, that ain't good. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of, uh, I kind of just kept trying and the fable platform seemed to stick. I I wanted it to be kind of a, a a place you go, um, which gives the word platform, um, with some sort of spiritual element to it. Uh, so the faithful platform is kind of where we landed um, I looked it up online and no one had that name. So I was like, let's, hey, might as well snag that one. let's just go yeah, with that. Totally cool. I love yeah. It. That's just kind of the one that stuck and that's just what we ran with. No, Hey, it works. And again, I've, I've, I've heard your company for a couple, a couple months now. So obviously you guys have done something right. And the, the name was a good choice. Austin, let me ask you this. What's one of the weirdest experiences you've had while, while running your company, while figuring everything out, what's maybe something that sticks out that you just think. I cannot believe this happened to me or maybe something uh, maybe a little more extreme that you were scared at one point in time as you were starting this company that you're like, I'm not gonna be able to, you know, pay my employees or I'm not getting, you know, any customers. What's maybe something that sticks out to you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, Early on, I'd gotten feedback from different people. I had approached um, some of my family to share about what I, what I was thinking, what I was dreaming about, seeing if they wanted to partner with me, um, really having no data to, to support anything I was saying. So they had, so they kind of were, they, I mean, I had a big idea, but 
they didn't understand college ministry. Um, they had been in the jewelry industry for 30 plus years and were well established specifically in the retail side of things. And so me coming in with a, with a big idea, uh, kind of, um, wasn't, wasn't necessarily received. Um, cause I don't know if they really even understood what I was trying to do. And so that was, that was kind of a, a, a point where I was like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, if I can't even have my, my family, um, who, who does this for a living, who does this for a living, yeah, uh, get behind you, get behind me. And, uh, they had given me some resources, some things to, um, read and learn from, uh, they had encouraged me to, to take some classes, which I actually did. I thought that was, um, that was really helpful. I, I uh, took some classes through Gemology Institute of America, okay. about three or four different courses, and um, just kind of grew my knowledge of um, of the industry. And uh, so that was that was super helpful, um, and actually it was probably for the best that I didn't end up working with them um, predominantly because. Uh, is saving my clients even more money, um, and so which is which is great, which is exactly what I was trying to do in the first place. Yeah, Austin. So you you, you mentioned when you initially approached your your family who's in this business that they weren't super clear on the idea that you had, and you being on staff with Campus Outreach at Georgetown, did you see that? Hey, this is an area of people that is unreached, and like my 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 goal is to help the people who are young that are in relationships that want to get engaged. Uh, I essentially want to cater to them. And maybe that's where your family wasn't seeing the clear distinction for the business that you had. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly right. I, um, within Canvas Outreach, there's a smaller demographic uh, called resource staff. Okay. And resource staff uh, actually connect with each other yearly. Um, and those folks are all over the country. Um, and I had been on staff long enough. I was actually one of the older resource staff. I was a resource director for CO Lexington, which, uh, which kind of gave me, um, I just knew a bunch of people, um, not just in Lexington, but everywhere. And so, yeah, I don't think that they really could grasp, um, how, how big my network was. And I'm not just talking about my direct network. I'm talking about my indirect network as well. People that were outside of, um, people I could connect to that knew a bunch of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was, I think that's a big, big piece of it. Yeah. Cross and that was great. That's that was what I was hoping to hear, and I'm I'm glad that's something that you were able to identify. I mean, being on part of a campus ministry that is nationwide, you have a, you have a huge network, so I can only imagine how helpful that was when you're first starting. Uh, so now with with where you are in work, again, so you have been in campus outreach. What is like the percentage of your customer base of people that come from campus outreach or another campus ministry? 
Yeah, I would say um, I don't have a I don't have an exact stat for you, but I would say it's about fifty fifty now. Okay. So um, yeah, I would say it's probably about fifty fifty, and I expect that number to kind of go down from people being in the campus. Uh, yeah, because there, because there's more people that aren't in campus ministry yeah. than that are. Well, hey, Austin, I wanted to, to transition, like, get to know you a little bit more. So what what motivates you, man? What gets you up every morning to to want to do business, to want to do life, to, to network with people? From a professional standpoint, just being able to help guys save money and get exactly what they want and um, propose to the to the the, the, one, the life. yeah the love <laughs> of their life and um that's really exciting i would say just kind of going back to what i said before just being able to build and create something um that's definitely how i'm wired uh that's that's what gets me excited is um looking ahead uh having having goals and trying to accomplish them um and also i haven't i didn't really mention this but it's something that that i started from the very beginning um which is probably pretty pretty unique is i give every guy uh, a book the meaning of marriage by tim keller um it's free i just give it to him but i think marriage today is um is a dying thing it's uh i mean i've just got so many friends or, that's had struggling marriages and and so any way i can help guys uh succeed, th- succeed in yeah. in marriage and um and and their commitment uh that they're making before people and before god uh then that's a huge plus um it's something that excites me too uh just an opportunity to redeem a a um, section of our world that that is is pretty flawed in in so many ways, and so that's that's something that really gets me gets me excited. Man, I love that. So, hey, this might uh, this might be a dumb question, and if it is, <laughs> I apologize. But what does success look like for you, both in life and also with your company? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Business-wise, there's something I keep going back to with business that's really helped me, and it really helped me in the very beginning because yeah, really, I just didn't see a lot of fruit um, on the front end of doing this thing. And uh, So there's um, a story about two explorers um, that's racing to either the North Pole or South Pole, um, it's a pretty popular story, but uh, both of the explorers had two different strategies. One of the one of the ex, one of the explorers, I think his name was a Munson. His strategy was to go forty miles every day, no matter what was going on. Yeah, I've heard this. And uh, rain or shine, he would go forty miles every day. And then Scott, the other explorer, on the good days he would go a lot further. His team would go a lot further. On the bad days, they would they would not go as far. Um, and by the, by the, by the end of it, a Munson had, had gotten there first, the guy that was going 40 miles every day. Um, and Scott got there, I don't know, a couple weeks later. 
Um, but the interesting thing is that Scott's entire team on the way back home all died. I think that there, I think that story kind of resonated with me because Amundsen was consistent and he didn't over overreach. He just was consistent day in and day out with what um, his task was at hand. Obviously, he was really prepared. Um, there's other things you can draw from the story. Um, but for me, I bring that up because it really helped me kind of have a perspective about business that if I'm just consistent day in and day out with, with what God has given me, then the results, whatever those are, I'll leave them up to God. Um, and it, and so I don't know if success is necessarily a number or how big this company needs to get or anything like that. I think success for me is just enjoying the process, enjoying helping guys wherever they're at in life or wherever they're from, um, just being able to help them in a, in a fun season of life and um, saving them money and, you know, all those things that we've already talked about. Um and then also just hopefully pointing them to pointing them to God, pointing them to Jesus. And so um, I would say that that's that's what I see as success for the company. And then personally, I mean, just we I've got a wife and a little girl, and being a, a good father and um, just walking, really just walking with God, and yeah, just loving my wife and. Love my kid. Hey, you're consistent. A lot of things point back to your faith, and I like that. Sweet. Austin, as we wrap this up, again, thanks so much for your time and sharing your story. I, I love the work you guys do and your team does. And I want to ask you this, because you, you haven't been like the unconventional entrepreneur who's like, started this crazy company, yada, yada, yada. You're like, I found a central problem. We're, we're very select order. Boom, 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 boom. It's a process. What would be some advice you would share to any entrepreneur? So it could be some 12-year-old who dreams so big and I love that or it could be someone maybe who's older in life like 40 or 50 or even older that is like you know I've worked this long in my industry I need to change and maybe they're listening to this what would be some advice you'd you'd want to share with them yeah that's a great question I have a mentor had a mentor that used to say this quote over and over and it's and it's obviously stuck with me but he said a goal without a plan is just a dream. And, and so really, um, putting together a plan, uh, obviously I set goals and I have dreams, but putting together a plan to achieve those has been crucial and kind of going back to the explorer analogy, um, with our company, uh, there's two different types of goals we set. We have outcome goals and we have behavioral goals. Um, outcome goals are how many rings we sell in a month and all, all these things. And at the end of the day, we have no control over those outcome goals. Not really, because we can't make somebody buy an engagement ring. Sure. We can't make somebody fall in love and propose. And so um, though we had those goals, uh, it's really our behavioral goals that allow us to set up a process. Um, and so our, our process is pretty, I mean, we've got 
about 10 different behavioral goals we want to do every week and and um we'll we'll leave the outcome goals up to up to god but um just have have behavioral goals things that you want to be consistent in whether it's with your social media page or how many people you tell about what you're doing and um just being consistent that's kind of like our 40 mile march um and so yeah that's that's probably the biggest thing i would i would tell someone that's wanting to start something or anything like that and and uh over over time um hopefully you'll create some momentum and it'll, it'll take off if it's not taking off then it, you might want to try something else but um yeah that's you guess it that's perfect brother hey uh, if you or someone that you know is going to get engaged, I highly encourage you to come check out Austin and the Faithful Platform. They have some really, really sweet work there. They have some great stories on their website, and they have some awesome rings they sell. So, Austin, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's it. We want to say thank you again so much for checking out the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame podcast. Special thanks to Lee Rosevere for the music that you hear in the show and to Lexington's Awesome Inc. for hosting us from their space. Again, I'm Garrett Farbach. Make sure to check back and tune in next time. We'll see you then.